All right. Uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this welcome. <laughs> welcome to uh, the podcast. We're going to talk about movies that we watch in an extension of a film festival that we had as roommates. I'm Tierney. I'm Matt. Colin. Oh, no. Oh! Already. <laughs> oh, no. You go. You go. I'm Matt. <laughs> and I'm Colin. Uh, and we were all roommates. And so we thought we'd start off this uh, podcast talking about movies, which is a thing we did a lot as roommates, with the first movie we watched together. Do you guys want to take it away? Or shall I keep talking? <laughs> Oh, I think, I mean, this is this is movie is Matt's baby more than anything else. I mean, I think we all love it, but we, we know that, we know who the true champion of this movie is. So, so Matt, the floor is yours. Oh, boy. Yeah, let's talk about this movie. Uh, I saw it in theaters uh, the night that uh, improv show that I was supposed to do got canceled. And then I watched it again on New Year's Eve, on New Year's Day once because we had a friend who hadn't seen it. And all five of us in the car at the time said... This, we're going to watch this movie right now then. That's the plan for the night. And I've seen it at Millennium Park. I've seen it on our home theater as the first movie that uh, heralded in our use of our projector. And that movie is Mad Max Fury Road, the dopest, coolest movie that's ever been filmed uh, or enjoyed by audiences. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> is a masterpiece, and we all agree in that, and that's why we're talking about it today. <clears throat> yeah, I first saw it uh, in a movie theater in Dublin, and I walked in 10 minutes late <laughs> and <laughs> and didn't really know what it was about and spent the first 30 minutes with this face. And yes. then I realized that my face was cramping. <laughs> and then I like didn't take a breath the whole movie, which I was like, oh, I've seen this movie a bunch of times since then. But watching it the other night, I still was like, uh, like, it's so intense. Yeah, I, so I, I don't remember my, like, first time with the movie in that great of detail. Um, I remember hearing a lot about it in, like, just, like, people talking about it, saying, like, oh, this movie's gonna be crazy, this, it's like a whole chase scene, blah, 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 but I didn't really have, like, any amount of expectation for it, and I'd never seen any of the originals. But I remember seeing the movie in a theater and just being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but also, this is fucking awesome. Um, and I think when I was rewatching it last night, I, it reminded me a lot of 1917. Um, obviously Ooh. not in the, uh, like, genre? not in the one shot. <laughs> not in the genre, not in the one shot, not in any of, like, those components. But just in terms of, like the whole experience was just this like i'd never seen anything quite like that before and the whole time you're just like on the edge of your seat a just like because you're so interested in what's happening in front of you and b just because it's so wild that you can't not look at it um so that's one th like every time i've seen the movie since then i like like you said you still have that same sense of like holy shit i can't take my eyes off of, off of this thing yeah, mm -hmm. I, I saw it with my friend Will Minan uh, at a theater in Chicago, and like ten minutes into the movie, he just turned to me and went, 
this is incredible. This is incredible. And then like halfway through the movie went, best movie ever. <laughs> and was just like, and I feel like this movie in particular, uh, I've never watched it and not had myself or everyone around me comment at certain moments that were like universally just incredible sequences of just being like, man, oh my God. Or like, whoo, like the exhale after the end of the sandstorm, which like we'll get into more detail uh, as we get into this, but like the that sandstorm sequence at the end of it is the first time you can take a breath for the entire beginning of the movie, which is like 25 minutes straight of just like high octane harpoon guns, like flamethrowers. Is the, it only 25 minutes? I mean, it's like, I think it's the I first. I thought it was like at least an hour. The whole, the whole, here's the thing. The whole movie is like 93 minutes. It is so fast. It's just like charges forward and never loses pace. Do I have a, I'm going to look at the time on the case. But it is like so, an hour and a half, right? It's it's two I hours. It was two hours. It's two hours with, like, including credits. So I would say it's probably like an hour and 45, hour and 50 of, like, actual movie content. But it it definitely, it doesn't feel like it. Like, when you're watching it, it's it just, it, like you said, Matt, it just keeps, it goes, 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 goes. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, we're done here. Um, yeah. And, it, you know. I uh, introduced it to my sisters one time and I, I didn't do, so I tried to explain it like conceptually where I'm like, this is a post-apocalyptic world where like water is scarce and like these people are withholding it. And like, he also, it's like, has these girls as his wives and like did this and they were kind of like, okay, yeah, we'll watch it. And then we put it on <laughs> and it was like probably about the end of the sandstorm where it, they both just turned to me and like... <laughs> My youngest sister, who was, like, probably 14 at the time, was just like, whoa. And then my other sister, who was, just like, probably about 24, just goes, what are we watching? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, the craziest thing is that, like, you describing the movie the way you just did is so much more straightforward than anything that happens in the, in the actual film totally. itself. <laughs> like, totally. the movie gives you everything you need to know to understand the world but it does it in such a bizarre way in such a fragmented way that like you just saying two sentences makes way more sense than like what you're actually watching yeah how you enter like the movie like what your center is is so up to you like you chose like there are people like water is scarce and there's people that hold it but you could also be like a lone road warrior, it like survives in this wasteland and then ends up in this breakout of women who are trying to get to a new home and there's pole vaulting bombers. Like, it's so weird <laughs> that like what point that you like describe as the weirdest is like it could be anything. Everything is so one of a kind and like you are catching up with the movie as it's like already halfway through you're like I don't even know what this world is who these people are why were like uh, somebody says like that's not your manifest destiny and there's like a suggestion that like language has taken a dive where it's like people are just like 
saying malaprops or like saying like things that used to mean something, but it's so twisted in this world. It's so hard to describe. That what you said, I think, is actually one of the huge credits to the movie is that there is nothing that George Miller hands to the audience. Like, there's no gif. Like, everything is a gift because it's fantastic, but there's nothing that he, like, (laughs) explains or, like, has to, like, bring the audience with. He's just like, this is my story. (laughs) You enter it because you have no choice but to find your way through it, which I love. Yeah. And I think that was one thing that really struck me a lot, too, last night when I was watching it. Um, It... You so many action movies these days, the story and or the director just like holds the audience's hand the entire time, and you just it, you really don't get that here, and to get that from the guy who directed like Happy Feet and Babe, which to be fair, like they might be great movies. I've never seen one of them, and the other one I haven't seen in like twenty years, so I don't know. But it's just like when you try and wrap your brain around the fact that like this dude who like for most of our lifetimes was making like children's movies <laughs> gave us one of if not the best action movie of the you know of this century if not of all time um which is pretty fascinating to think about yeah mm-hmm. and also like from go like mad max is already like well he's already captured so like what is he going to do? How is this his story? And then the fact that for the entire sequence that we talked about, that whole uh, escape from the Citadel through the sandstorm, he's just chained to a car. He does nothing in those 25 minutes besides, like, be a blood bag. And that is his entire role for a third of his movie. And yeah. it's not his movie. And that's, like, the best misdirect. It feels almost like... Uh, like Psycho, where like you expect that you know who the protagonist is, and then it turns halfway through, and you're like, "Oh wait, whose story is this?" And Mad Max does it in like basically the first twenty minutes, and then like continues to reinforce that like he is just along for the ride, like he is newly motivated to help these people, but like really is not. Like this is not his mission; it's not his like destiny or what he's supposed to be doing it's all furiosa and the like the mothers of uh of morton joe so it's like from go it's already upsetting expectations it's already doing its own thing and it's so bold narratively and there's so little narratively happening but it's like incredible from go that's one thing too that like i've i didn't Like, I would have noticed it before, but I didn't fully pay attention. Probably because I wasn't anticipating having to talk about the movie for 30 minutes after watching it. (laughs) Uh, But I realized, like, how much of the characters you get from what little dialogue there is. Like, by the time Furiosa speaks, you pretty much know who she is. Mm -hmm. And even, like, uh, Max and some of the other, like, I don't know, you, you... glean so much by like the way they move in the world or even like the scene where Furiosa and Mad Max are fighting where like you kind of see how similar they are without them being like look how similar we are (laughs) or even like exchanging words at all 
Yeah, I thought that last night, too. Uh, I'm pretty sure – I didn't, like, actually sit down and count this, but I'm, it, I'm pretty sure that Tom Hardy says more lines of dialogue in the first, like, three minutes before he's captured than he does for the remainder of the movie. Um, and I like as as I'm watching that, I was like, I feel like the script was maybe like thirty pages long, <laughs> just like <laughs> like there's so little dialogue, and like sure, I'm I'm sure like the the directions for like all the you know chaotic everything else going on probably beefed up the script script a lot, but like in terms of pure dialogue, there's maybe like twenty to thirty pages. It's just so tight, and everything that is in there gives you everything you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's maybe the best example of show don't tell filmmaking of like For sure. There because there's so little dialogue, then you have to understand the stakes and the rising tension uh without that and at no point does this movie like back down on showing before telling and like even when it's giving you information, it's like in the midst of all this other action that's happening. And like one of the examples that I wrote down yesterday when I rewatched it was uh, the, the tension in the chase sequences is so uh, intricate. And the reasons why people do anything or why like an attack is unsuccessful and they have to like re like create a new plan. Like one example is I think it's in the escape from uh when they all hide underneath the, the truck as Furioso gets out to be like, let's do this deal. And then like the fight breaks out during that sequence, they're like firing all these guns. Furioso runs out of bullets, hands it down to Zoe Kravitz who starts like reloading the gun. And this biker comes up beside her and she's like, I need the gun. I need the gun. And she's like, it's not loaded yet. So then Max shoots the guy. And then both of them like have to, take out the next person besides them and Furiosa grabs a flare gun so that she could just use a flare gun instead of the gun that's still being loaded and fires it and then we also get like the beautiful visual of like the red flare smoke bursting against this motorcycle driver and then gets the gun and then later they talk about like they couldn't load the gun because there wasn't enough bullets so we have to like figure out what guns we're going to use in the future but it's all done so fast and you understand like every moment is so precise and so necessary like it's so impressive to watch it and then like dissect every fight and watch every action sequence to be like oh because they fired that arrow that guy fell into this thing and that exploded which then like caused the wheel to pop and now they have to address that like it's so tight that it's doing all the work the dialogue would do in a normal movie and doing it flawlessly every minute of the two hours Mm -hmm. I concur you also (laughs) um, you mentioned something else that like we haven't talked about yet but I think is just as important is just like the just the visuals of this movie like this is a gorgeous movie and like the world that they inhabit is literally called the wasteland and there's no reason that this movie should look as beautiful as it does but every single like shot is perfect and every single color is so like vivid that like yeah when you like when they shoot off that that red flare like 
just like the the pop of red in the sea of like orange and yellow is just like oh oh my god that's incredible and like i i think i texted you at one point when i was watching last night like any scene that happens at night that's in this like blue color is beautiful and it's like it's this like dark kind of like navy blue but it's not dark enough that you can't see what's happening but like everything is that color and the whole time you're watching it you're just like this is one of the most gorgeous looking things i've ever seen so on top of all of the other like merits that this movie has in terms of like story and structure and character and all that other stuff it's just like like a visual treat every time you like throw it in the player and just like sit there and just like let those images wash over you and it's just magical did the i have two things so the night sequences those those were day for night weren't they probably yeah i would imagine yeah i think that's but like normally day for night can look super cheesy yeah oh and that's one where you're like oh this looks like very nice the other thing is they were originally one thing i've never understood about this movie is that it was originally gonna be in black and white i I, have that copy and i was gonna watch it last night and i didn't but yeah it's so beautiful with the colors that it has that it does seem like why would you rob that from me like i love that so much but supposedly george miller prefers it he said it's the way it's supposed to be seen so it would definitely look more like a wasteland Oh, yeah. And maybe there's more focus on their faces and, like, the characters' bodies instead of how gorgeous every frame and every inch of the screen is when you're not seeing people's faces. Yeah. Uh, One thing... So, have you guys seen the original Mad Max movies? No. So, I... Before this new one came out, I was like, oh, I should probably rewatch those. Uh, I only made it through the first one because it's hella boring. Um, and then I, yeah, I never watched any of the other, or either of the other two. But it doesn't matter, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, do, does the old one have, like, social commentaries like this one does? Oh, I think it's like, uh, it gets more and more. I think this is also why I. I'm glad I entered Mad Max with this one is I think it starts as like, it's a wasteland, but like, he's kind of a cop and like everything basically looks like normal, but it's, it's like the suggestion is like, Oh, society collapsed. And then I think the second one is a little more like, Oh, it's uh, really apocalyptic. And now there's like roving bands of like actual gangs of people, like just bent on violence and then the third one is like real as almost as crazy as this world is where you're so far gone from what society was that it's just like cage matches and stuff but i think it's always about survival and about uh like justice in the face of extreme like cataclysmic societal collapse this one i think does it uh with like the being such a feminist movie is I think it does it in the clearest and strongest and like least uh, expected way than I think the other ones probably had if they had political commentary, which I haven't seen them. So I probably should stop talking. Cause this one that like is twofold. I feel like this is a hot take for you, Matt, but I feel like uh, this <clears throat> did what, um, uh, 
in some ways mother was trying to do because it's like you have the feminist <laughs> part so you have like women and then you also have the earth part and like you have the whole like mother earth uh, and men are destroying everything yeah that's that's my uh my hot take to incite oh i think that's argument i, I think <laughs> if if we're doing a matchup between mad max and mother i think mad max wins every time uh <laughs> i do think but i think they're both matched in insanity though like mm-hmm. of being like oh my god what is happening but i think mad max ends up uh i think yeah mad max ends up making you feel like oh god like this is so powerful whereas mother makes you go like woof my god so like i think <laughs> mad max is a lot more effective in its in its message um but the, the it's fi- also more grounded in reality somehow to be fair somehow yeah <laughs> i <laughs> mean compared thing. to mother it's definitely more grounded yeah. in reality sure yeah I don't, I don't think anybody would argue that but it's also like funny to think about like that's a, a thing that a, a human being just said about mad max fury road is that it's quote, <laughs> more grounded in reality <laughs> <laughs> although but there's here, like a part here of we it. are We're in like... 2020 yeah, uh, you know, like where it... <laughs> water is gonna become more and more scarce as time goes on. I mean, it, so George Miller's Australian. The original ones were all filmed in Australia. I assume this one is filmed in Australia, but like Australia has been in droughts for like my whole life, pretty much, and like also was just like on fire for three months. So like this isn't like totally like they've had water restrictions and everything towards like it's not totally out of. No the realm of possibility for the next hundred years. Oh, for sure. Which is super bleak. Well, I mean, that's why people come to this podcast, I think, just uh, <laughs> for the for the optimism. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, the, the quote when they're looking at the sky and they're like, that's a satellite. And they're like, oh, back in the day, everyone had their own shows. And it's like, oh, that's like a fun way to think i guess about social media do we have our own shows is this already our past like it feels like it's not that far away from us now the fact that like oh everyone had their own shows and you're like yeah instagram stories weren't like as big as they are now in 2015 and now basically i don't even think we had them in 2015 probably not i don't think snapchat i think was around but that wasn't the same thing but it really does feel like having your own channel is like ooh, that feels like our future then like <laughs> we already do that now i don't care for that <laughs> dope that's, that's nice i like that yeah i just love be... <laughs> what but you'd be thinking about that for the rest of the day <laughs> <laughs> but i mean you always want it to look like furiosa so you know maybe that's not far out of your future you're gonna be driving i a have war to rig? say why I'm watching it again i was like maybe i should shave my head in quarantine <laughs> you know i i think you'd look great i think you'd pull it off i do hope that you maintain both of your arms though i feel like yeah <laughs> fair enough like she's dope and she like fully makes it work but like i don't wish that upon you yeah like, i don't wish that upon myself either but like your hair will grow back that arm definitely won't so like keep that guy attached i would say I did think of a price, though, that if I could raise five grand for charity, I would buzz my head. All right, well, 
yeah. let's put that on the back burner. <laughs> yesterday, as I was watching yesterday, I looked at her head and I was like, Charlie's Theron's head is not that different from Tyranny's. I think Tyranny could probably pull this off. <laughs> I like did like a cranial analysis and was like, yeah, I think this would work. I think she'd be okay. She definitely has a small. I have a large head. So, but shape wise, I don't think it's that weird. But then again, I've never had a shaped head, so I don't know. I know, who knows? But anyway, we've gotten off the track here. I think we need to circle back to uh, Schlanga. <laughs> yeah, so that was one thing uh, I was hoping we'd talk about is like the, the dialogue. Yeah. Uh, you know, we mentioned that there's <laughs> limited amounts of it, but like the stuff that we get is just incredible. Mother's milk? Incredible. Yeah, mother's milk. <laughs> There, there's so much like batshit insanity in the lines of dialogue that these people are giving, <laughs> but they're doing it so sincerely that you're just like, okay, yeah, like, sure. <laughs> One of the best moments that I uh, really took in yesterday more than I have before is when Nux is on the side of a Morton Joe's car and he's like, I've been in there. I know how to get in. Like, if you can get me up there, I'll sneak in. And then he's like, uh, like, and then I'll like meet you in Valhalla, and he's like, "I will bring you to Valhalla myself if you bring back my treasures." And then Nux is like, "I'll do this for you." And a Morton Joe sprays the chrome, almost like the sign of the cross, and he's like, "You and I will meet again in the halls of Val." Like it's so, like, serious, and it it t- is taken <laughs> so profoundly by the characters involved. And is such an insane image of this, like, pale boy, like, hanging off the side of a car as this man with bleached blonde hair and this face mask just, like, slowly sprays chrome across his teeth. And it's just, like, <laughs> taken so seriously. And that's what makes this movie so good, is that those moments are all delivered with perfect inflection and sincerity and it's the best yeah you also have like a whole cult undertone now that like we brought like the whole like witness me like I'm gonna sacrifice yeah. myself for a Morton Joe and like he's brainwashed all of his war boys also just these words coming out of right my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like so I texted Matt last night. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. But they, the moment when they get to, um, when they get to like the where they think the green place is, and they're meeting up oh. with all like the the mothers, and uh, Tom Hardy's character is like, "Oh no no no, we shouldn't go out there. That's clearly a trap." And Charlize is like, "No no no, I got this." And she walks out of the car. And she just screams, I am one of the Vuvalini of the many mothers. My initiate mother was KT Kincannon. I am the daughter of Mary Jabasa. My clan was Swaddle Dog. (laughs) (laughs) She's the whole time. Like, I, those lines have like, I've registered them before, but I had to like turn on the subtitles last night to make sure that I was like, actually capturing exactly what is being said yeah and she delivers it so genuinely and the woman who's like clearly up on that thing trying to trap them is like oh oh no yep this is right i definitely am familiar with swaddle dog and i definitely know who mary jabasa is and just like 
What the fuck drugs was was George Miller on when he was typing these words into his computer? Because it's so fucking crazy. Yeah, and then K, but, is it K period T concanon or K D yeah, concanon? Yeah. K T concanon. Of course. Why would you make it Katie? Yeah, why would you when you can make it K period T period? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then and then we just really have to. I think this is the line of the movie. I think this is the one uh, delivered by the great Rictus Erectus. Yes. Oh my God. Screen from the top of a car. I had a brother. I had a little <laughs> baby brother, and he was perfect. Perfect in every way. Like, that line, it totally removed from the movie without context, could be from a family movie about a dog, about, like, a nice thing. But this is delivered by a huge man screaming from the top of a car at night in the (laughs) desert as they chase down women who were imprisoned by a Morton Joe. Like, it's the craziest context for a line that is so sweet (laughs) and so nice. It's also so great that that line is also met pretty largely with silence. (laughs) 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 That no one's, like, doing, like, this stuff or, like, witness. Like, it's just like, okay. Yeah. So, but the, another thing struck me last night, um, and we will definitely get back to Schlange because okay, good. I was getting worried there for a second. No, 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 no. We, we're not going to let that. We're not going to let that die on the vine. But um, I, so when I was watching it last night, um, you know, obviously, like, there's mostly just straight up nonsense. But at one point, towards the beginning, like right when um, the War Boys are all. Um, like getting ready to to run out and go chase her and nux is sitting there like with his blood bag just like chilling and he's like what's going on what's going on and somebody's like oh it's imperator Friarosa. she stole a lot of stuff from immortan joe and i was like what that's such simple language for like everything else that's happening is so weird and bizarre and this dude is just like she stole a lot of stuff from him and i was like what are we doing? Like, Could have been better if she said a bunch of stuff. Right. Like, it's, just, it's so weird. I think it's... But a, no, you it got it. fits so perfectly with the rest of the movie that, like, on, on the one hand, you could say, like, oh, this doesn't make sense. But, like, when you're watching it in context, you're like, yeah. Like, okay. Like, language has sort of evolved, but also, like, in a wasteland where people aren't really, like, you know living really like i could see language also devolving to a way where we're just like stole a lot of stuff from like that sounds like something like a three-year-old would write in their first like book report or something i think it's important though too that like that line is followed up with like what stuff and he's like breeders and so like calling the women stuff and having that there is like he doesn't even say like oh he she stole the breeders he just says stuff and like that communicates so much about the world where like these breeding mothers are stuff and that's how they refer to them in like so carelessly away and like i think that so early on also like reinforces why you're like they gotta get out of here like we have to see these people make it across the desert and survive because it's just such a brutal 
world that they're coming from. And it's all communicated so quickly. And in, by a character who is insane. And I forget lasts until the end of the movie. Uh, I always think he dies, and then I see him at the end. I'm like, God damn, you are resilient. <laughs> I also like going off of like the breeders in general. Like, we're first introduced to them in that line, and then like almost like cattle. Mm-hmm. And then when you first meet them, you're like, <sighs> like, these, what are these girls gonna do? They're not equipped for this insane world. <laughs> but then you see each of them have. I think what's great is that, so there's five, four of them? Five of them? Five, four. yeah. Five, okay, I can count. Uh, <laughs> but each of them has their own unique arc, which I think, like, you could easily fall into the trap that, like, they're just a collection. But you have, like, the red-headed one is, like, more emotional and basically converts Nux. And then you have Zoe Kravitz, who's, like, a badass. And then you have the pregnant one who, like repeatedly sacrifices herself in front of everyone until unfortunately uh she, she succeeds in the sacrifice <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice and then way you of have it. <laughs> and then you have the brunette who like tries to return and then eventually does return so she is like a bit of a stock of i just think it's interesting that like they mm-hmm. all go their separate ways and um, where they could easily have been like a unit and not fully developed yeah. Also, anyway. are they psychic? Go on. Yeah, please. So in the <laughs> sequence, and I, so they, there's moments in which the ADR is not perfect. Um, and I think it's kind of in this like renegade kind of like everything is, it almost feels like spaghetti Western at moments where like the ADR is not that important. It's about the action there's a scene in the back seat where they're all talking over each other. And there are moments where none of their mouths are moving and they're still communicating. And also the first time I think that they're like, they like see Max when he's like telling them to give him the hose, they're talking, but none of their mouths are moving and they're talking to each other. So they're like, who is he? I don't know. Oh, I, what, uh, we're going to go to the green place. Like it's all their thoughts. And I think they might be psychic and be able to talk to each other but it's not explicitly said and i don't know if it's just bad adr where it was like well their mouths aren't moving but what are we gonna do um but it seems like they might have supernatural powers maybe huh what do you guys I... think about those uh chastity belts they have Whoa. oh <laughs> <laughs> that that one shot where it like zooms in on it and you're just like oh god <laughs> like it's yeah like the the teeth on ugh, it's super upsetting <laughs> yeah i love the um, <clears throat> wait what were you gonna say colin oh i was gonna bring us back but i oh i think i, I about terminology then because that all uh, is fitting uh, i love the term anti-seed that they give for bullets that bullets are anti-seeds and they were mm-hmm. she was like plant one in something and watch it die and it was like, oh, wow. Like, that is such a this world's version of, like, what they understand things to be, of these almost, like, magic terms for things. Um, huh. But, like, that one yesterday, I was like, anti-seed. That's, like, so beautifully sad that that's what they think bullets are. Because there's no seeds. So all they have are these fucking bullets from Bullet Farm. 
Bullet farm <laughs> coming from the citadel. <laughs> so, s- similar, the line we referenced a couple times that we really need to talk about, but I also want to just take a moment to appreciate just the character names involved here. Yeah. <laughs> like, so this is spoken by one of the uh, one of the, the breeders who, according to IMDb, is uh, named The Dag, uh, which is a thing that I found out last night and blew my mind for a little while. Uh, referring to Max, she says, quote, he's a crazy smeg who eats schlanger, which I feel like we need to dedicate a good amount of time to, <laughs> to really break that one down. Yeah. I think first and foremost, uh, we need to talk about whether Smeg is uh, this new post-apocalyptic version of Schmegma. I think maybe. I think probably. I can't see what else it would be. Like, That's it what has I, to be that. I actually just assumed it was that, and it was their accent that made me... That was like, oh, maybe that's just the way that they say it. So, okay, I'm glad we're in agreement there. Which is a pretty... But, good burn it's like as gross of a name as you can call somebody as possible i think so it's like yeah that's a good swear we should adopt that we should all call each other smegs to really drive it home (laughs) i'd be on board uh and then what do we what do we reckon uh schlanga is dick i think i think we're gonna say dick i think it has to be dick and also i think that then that would also lead more credence to the smeg being smegma like sure. i think those two like now work in in tandem like it's not just like a completely right. insane thing that this woman says although it is still that um it's also like uh like a one-two punch kind of insult which i def- man, def- yeah so good I, th- I think that's delivered by yeah the dag like you said uh and yeah. the other characters are oh yeah hit us with some of these names yeah so the the pregnant uh the one who sacrificed herself was is the splendid angarad so a word that i am not familiar with um they definitely call her the splendid at one point because yes. i was like what the fuck yeah <laughs> that makes sense uh zoe kravitz plays toast the knowing her, her name. I thought it was. I thought you were gonna stop at toast. Nah, <laughs> nah. She's got more. And everyone no, no. else has these like elegant names, and she's the toast. <laughs> oh no! But there's some. There's some. Uh, there's some good ones. Uh, the one that has Stockholm syndrome and wants to go back is Cheeto the fragile. Cheeto. Cheeto with a D. Uh, but it's oh, okay. Cheeto. <laughs> Cheeto the fragile. She uh, is fragile. And so we got. I so think like, I. There you go. I think I remember hearing them scream her name at one point in the movie, and just like, <laughs> I was a couple beers deep at that point, so I I don't think it made I I don't think it registered. But when you just said it right now, I was like, oh, that's the same name as a snack that I enjoy from yeah. time to time. <laughs> Cheeto. Um, and so just to review the names that we have: <laughs> the Splendid Angarad, the Dag, Cheeto the Fragile, Toast the Knowing, and Riley Keough playing Capable. That's it. Her name is Capable. And she's the one that calls him a smeg? No, that's uh, the dag calls him a smeg. She's uh, Capable is capable of converting Nux. That's that character. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Oh, she is a very capable her. person. Very capable. Um, also, I love how the two, speaking of, like, having this, like, crazy world, but then also, like, stuff and regular <laughs> ones is the names of Nux's tumors. <laughs> oh, are like everyday names yeah is it barry and larry yeah yep i think it's barry and larry and, and his name again is nux which is a dope right. name <laughs> a dope dope name it's not not a dope name but it's also just like it's it's incredible that his name is nux his lancer is named slit and his tumors are named barry and larry <laughs> Like, dear George Miller, inject all of your insane ideas directly into my veins. Yeah. Uh, ooh, do you know what would be a fun segment? Is if we took uh, this, so, like, if we were to think of George Miller as an auteur and this was, like, his style, Mm -hmm. what movie should he direct next as, like, a remake or like yeah, a uh, franchise that hasn't been tackled yet. I personally am thinking Twenty Seven Dresses oh with Kevin. I was gonna say, is is Junkie XL also providing the score for this insane Twenty Seven Dresses remake reboot? Yeah, we haven't even talked about how good the soundtrack is, but I would watch a Twenty Seven Dresses. Uh, in which Charlize <laughs> Theron shotguns her way through 27 dresses <laughs> as Junkie XL bangs on a, a keyboard. I don't know if he's actually... Does he play the instruments? I don't know. It sounds great. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, this, I do like that idea uh, because I feel like 27 dresses kind of... Like, it's it's more of his his earlier output. <laughs> Like it's not it's not quite like Happy Feet or Babe Pig in the City, but it's definitely more like family friendly and normal. It's fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel like that would be him threading the needle pretty well. I think he could also do if they were to keep doing the Star Trek movies. I think that his he could do a good one. Oh yeah, Ooh, a Star if Wars gonna... too, a Star Wars Ooh. or a Star Trek. Maybe they'd actually be good. I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I haven't seen the new one yet. I'm trying to it's think. Fine. I'm trying to think of other franchises that I'm like, oh, I would explode if he did it. <laughs> we'll keep. We'll keep talking. But uh, I feel like Space Warps would be a good one. Yeah. Or honestly, think... if he was he he was the one who ends up doing the adaptation of Saga, that would be very cool. I have not read any of saga but is there is there like a decent amount of action in there because really all i want him to do is just direct action sequences yeah it's a crazy everything he does in this movie is unreal and i want like 27 dresses is like a funny (laughs) idea (laughs) it has to be an action movie right like he needs to direct an action movie and i don't quite see how that (laughs) that connects (laughs) imagine if he did like the iliad or something or like the oh, Odyssey, oh, like another yeah. epic, like dusty epic, where it's like it could be super dry and dull, but instead it's just like gods and tro- the Trojan horse and like huge battlefields and everyone in armor, but like his version of the Iliad. 
would watch. I yeah yeah that would be incredible. That's what I want. Is that's what I want him to do. And then the Odyssey. I, He'll do both back to back. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we'll finally get the the good three hundred yes. that we've all been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. This is Sparta. <laughs> um, what was your secret there, segment, Colin? Well, that's what I was going to say. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about, like the movie as a whole, before we dive into some of the like the sillier segments that we um we're talking about? I'm looking into my notes to see if I have anything. Just a, a fun thing I noticed, Nux rejoins the the war rig three different times. He like gets on the first time and then they throw him out. Or he he's or not he like meets up with the war rig when he's unconscious and then they drive off without him. And then he gets in there and they throw him out and then he gets in a third time and that's when he gets converted. But th- I don't really know what it means. It probably doesn't mean anything, but it's interesting the fact that, like, he doesn't get on and stay on. It's, like, three different times he, like, comes into interaction with them. And he's got one of the best arcs of the movie. He's got a better arc than Max, probably. I think Max is just the vessel through through which we watch this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Nux fucks, though. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Larry and Barry? Yeah. Also, uh, did you see... <laughs> Did you see that uh, Max gets Road Warrior tattooed on his back in the very beginning? When they're, like, tattooing Universal Donor, it says Road Warrior. And I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to take that as a segue. So uh, as the only member of this uh, trifecta that actually has a tattoo, I've been thinking about getting another tattoo. And I've been trying to think, like, oh, what should I do? So I was thinking a fun segment for each movie that we cover could be what tattoo do I get? I think and you from should this get this movie. It's clearly the full back tattoo. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was going to say I'm still glad that we're on the same page that you should get a full back tattoo of that moment where Furiosa kneels in the sand in anguish when her homeland is gone. Ooh. Oh. Oh, that's an interesting. I was thinking I'd just literally get the back tattoo that Max gets. Oh. Where it just <laughs> Universal donor, blood, blood donor. <laughs> God, can you imagine going to the beach and unveiling that? People will be like, what the fuck? What does your back tattoo say? It's a lot of writing. Oh, oh. You know, my God. Especially if you, like, weren't a universal donor and then someone saw that and was like, oh, he's a universal donor. Perfect. Great. We'll just take some of his blood. <laughs> no, I, I think it would be a bad idea, obviously, but... <laughs> I think it would also let me know who my true friends are very quickly. Yeah. Because if some rando walks up to me on the aforementioned beach and is like, dope tat, dude. I'm like, okay, this guy gets it. This guy this guy knows what's up. Re-Mad Max. So. Yeah. Do you know what else you could do is get a forehead tattoo starting from about here up of Ooh. just entirely black grease. Or make it look yeah. like black grease, but just black ink. Both great ideas. Yeah. I love yeah. those ideas. Uh, also, yeah. I, I saw a bumper sticker once that said, witness me, blood bag, and I sped up to get close enough to take a picture. Uh, so it's much harder to let the person know that you respect their uh, reference if they're in a different car, and the way you show that <laughs> is by speeding up to them and getting very close to the phone pointed at them. So uh, a tattoo would be a much calmer way to approach somebody. 
Uh, what now, type of car was it that had a witness me blood bag? It was like a Yaris. It was not a big car. <laughs> did you speed past the driver and do like do the interlocked <laughs> fingers as you drove past them? I shut up. I roll down the window and go, witness me! Witness! Roll it down! Roll it down! Witness me! Um, and then you just drive your car off the road. Yeah, it was on Lakeshore Drive, and it was very busy. And I was like, I am going to get an accident if I keep pushing this too far. I got to qu- get a quick snap, and then I got to give this up. Um, but what tattoo would you should you get? Uh, I'm going to say, ooh, what's a good? Oh, Doof the Warrior, and the flame wraps around or the Doof Warrior, and the flames wrap around your arm. But it's just him and his little onesie just fucking yeah. blaring that guitar and shooting some flames out of the top. That's what I yeah. said. Oh, oh, the guitar guy? I didn't know his yeah. name was Doof. The I was Doof like, Warrior. It's, it's not Doof. It's Doof Warrior. Okay. I feel like we have uh, not talked about him enough in this in this episode because he's genuinely maybe the best character in the movie. I feel like he's there strictly for comedic effect. Oh, yeah. Just to – and it's like another thing that you're like – what is this? What are you? But basically, he's like the trumpeter in like an old, march like marching order army. Uh, he's just. I do love I, all the drums. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like oh, this seems like a logical progression. Like, you know, it, when we're like war parties have always had like the drummers that have kept people on march. So like this has the drumming situation, but also. Like, drums are not quite enough for this batshit world that we live in. We got to throw some dude who's, like, maybe blind? Not totally sure. You don't get a lot of his, like, face. Like, you know, the, his mask gets ripped off at one point, and it looks like he might not have eyes. He also but... has, like, an egg-shaped head. Yeah, it looks like a rocket, like a meteor. It does. <laughs> but you lot. know what I was just thinking is another good movie for him to do would be uh, Wonder Woman, like a future Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if I would take Patty that. Jenkins ever stopped doing them, well, is she stopping doing them? Uh, who knows? Probably not. I mean, she did the second one. I don't know. The um, I saw some Doritos with Wonder Woman on them in the grocery store, and I was like, "Oh no, if that gets delayed, I'm gonna be so sad." Oh no! Yeah. Um, to give you some hope uh, that George Miller would direct a Wonder Woman movie, uh, he originally was supposed to direct Justice League, and Jessica Biel was supposed to be Wonder Woman, and it was going to shoot in Australia. And uh, it got scrapped because of some tax breaks that they wanted, and then he never got to make it. But Army Hammer was going to be Batman, Jessica Biel was going to be Wonder Woman, uh, and then I think a bunch of no-names, basically. How long ago was this? 2008? Nine? Way back when. Way, way, way back when. Before social network, for sure. Do you think that Army Hammer uses Arm and Hammer detergent? Uh, he's uh, an heir to that fortune. <sighs> I thought he was an heir to the to the oil Arm and Hammer, but then oh, bought sh- bought bought shares of Arm and Hammer because people thought it was kept confusing him. Oh, I don't know. And so he, I think he now owns part of Arm and Hammer. I should look it up. I think his grandpa was Arm and Hammer or something like that. Oh, his name is. Armand Hammer. Right, correct. <laughs> and he's named after his grandfather, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it's it's almost too obvious. You're like, no, that's too easy. What is that? And then he's like, I'm a Tide boy. Yeah. I ain't doing it no more. 
Good lord. <laughs> um, um, do I need a segment? To bring this... Or you go. Well, I, if you have one. I, I, ha- I came. I thought of another one that could be kind of fun. Do it. Hit us. Um, so, we all agree that awards are bullshit. Mm-hmm. But they exist, so we get mad about them. Yes. So, I was thinking it could be fun to look at whatever movies we have and see how they fared at the Academy Awards and argue whether or not they should have done better. Uh, Was this nominated for sound or special effects at all? Or cinematography? Yeah, so I can run through... I pulled it up. I can run through the list for you guys. Here's everything it was nominated for, which, like, God bless. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing... Best production design, best costume design, best makeup and hairstyling, best visual effects, best sound mixing, and best sound editing. Okay. So, it deserved a, a nomination for all of those. Correct. I think it yeah. deserved a win for all of them. Yes. <laughs> well, that's, I, so I, I think it's it's interesting to talk about, like, A, nominations, and B, wins or losses. But, on like, before we even get into that, like, what a wonderful... Spread. world that we live in yeah where fucking mad max fury road got 10 academy award nominations like yeah but like incredible. it deserved all of those way more than like la la land no, no i'm not saying that it doesn't deserve i'm just saying it's it's like crazy to think that like a movie this weird and this wild yeah yeah like for sure um, <clears throat> all right so the movies are the things that it won for well, first, do we think it should have been nominated for anything else? What else wasn't it? It seems like it was nominated for everything <laughs> that mattered. I would say it was not Best nominated original for song. score. <clears throat> oh, I think Charlize Theron for Best Yeah, I was going to say, I think Charlize probably should have gotten an acting nod. Um, I definitely, I don't know, like, the Academy's bullshit rules about, like, eligibility, but... Um, the score for this movie is out of control 100%. in the best possible way. So it should have been nominated for that if it were allowed to. I don't know if I quite would go so far as like an adapted screenplay nomination. Yeah, probably not. <clears throat> Unless they like read parts of the script the way they do during the ceremony and it was like two polecats bounce off the top of the war rig yeah. as the war rig careens <laughs> through the sand. Furiosa loads a gun and fires one right through his chest. Then I'd be like, this is the best writing I've ever seen. This should win everything. <laughs> Which, that's probably so, what here, it's, it's like, so. Here's what was nominated in that category that year. Big Short, Brooklyn, Carol, The Martian, and Room. I don't know if I think Fury Big Road... Short was a fantastic script. I was. I don't know if I think Fury Road could knock any of those out. Like I no. didn't love Carol that much, but it, I mean, it was like a well. Like, it was a well-written movie. I so didn't like I, The Martian, so get The Martian out of there. <laughs> Max over Martian. Max over Martian. <laughs> All right. So uh, here's what it won: best film editing, best production Good. design, mm-hmm. correct, best costume design, which. Also, last night, I think I've probably noticed this every single time, but I forget about it every single time. Um, the fuck, what's the guy's name who's from Gastown? Um, the nose dude with the nipple rings. 
Yeah, the, the uh, people eater. That's people his name. Eater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His outfit is unreal. It's He's wearing so like crazy. a three-piece suit with holes cut out of the vests where his nipples are because he has a nipple piercing in both nipples that is attached to a chain mm-hmm. that goes somewhere, mm-hmm. which, wow. like, I don't know what else is pierced, but, like, <sighs> incredible stuff. <laughs> he also has um, the nose casing and elephantitis legs. Yes. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, it also won Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Good. Yep. And then it won both of the sound awards, mixing and editing. Perfect. Which so I awards... think those are like probably the best. Like, obviously, it'd be better if you won best picture and best director. But like, if they lost to any one of those, I'd be pissed. Yeah. And uh, the one I noticed last night for the sound mixing, after the one, uh, many mother, I think she's the seed keeper, or the keeper of seeds. Uh, when she get like gets attacked and then is holding her like little bag of seedlings and dying, mm-hmm. the sequence immediately after that is muted. So like there isn't a lot of music and there isn't a lot of sound even when violence is happening. And it's so subtle, but it gives you time to just mourn her like her eventual death. But it's it's in the midst of that final like chase sequence where it's everyone's coming at this war rig. And there is still guns being fired, but it gets so quiet. And I was like, oh, my God, this movie is so good at giving you exactly what you need when you need it. Even if it's just like, hey, I'm not going to be super loud for a minute just so you can mourn her. But uh, we're about to turn it right back up and uh, you're going to see someone explode. So, <laughs> God, it's so good. Um, I think the one that I'm I think it should have won everything that it did win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ones that it didn't win of those, the ones that I'm most upset by are visual effects and cinematography. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who won for those? So, like Green Book or something? Yeah, definitely Green Book. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Brooklyn, though. It might be Brooklyn, and y'all might have to make your amends. Cause but for... No, Brooklyn didn't win anything, and I'm still mad about it. Um, okay. For... <laughs> For best Brooklyn should have won for costumes, I think. Huh. Anyway, okay. <laughs> I want best her cinematography. green coat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, best it cinematography. It should have won the Academy Award because Tierney wants that one coat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so best cinematography, it was up against Carol, The Hateful Eight, Mad Max Fury Road, Sicario, and The Revenant. And The Revenant is what won. Uh, so Okay, fair. We all know how much your boy loves long takes, but this was wrong. I think also when you mean The Revenant, you actually mean The Remnants. The Remnants, yes, correct. I'm about to see that movie, The Remnants. And the other movie, the the Hateful Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard the remnants are opening for the Hateful Dead. That's gonna be a great show. <laughs> oh man, the Remnants' first album was like so good. And the Hateful Dead have been so good since Johnny Garcia died. <clears throat> They've been so good since he died. Yeah, he's really dragging them down. They're the opposite. They're the opposite of the Grateful Dead. They're better without Johnny. <laughs> oh boy! Who won um, for uh, visual so, effects? Yeah, visual effects. We have uh, 
Ex Machina, Mad Max, Martian, Revenant, and Star Wars Force Awakens, and Ex Machina 1. I'm actually... Ah, uh, yeah, it's okay. I'm not too upset about that one in, in retrospect. I think cinematography is, like, a legitimate crime that it didn't win, but I'm okay with it not winning visual effects. Fine. Especially because if it wasn't for the Revenant and... I'm sorry, if it wasn't for the Revenants and that one long take... <laughs> It would have completely cleaned up the rest of that category. Yeah. Well, and then that's, like, <clears throat> George Miller lost Best Director to Inuritu for The Remnants, which, whatever. Oh, wait, um, no, but The Remnants also did it all in natural light. Yeah. Oh, that's true, I guess. I forgot about that. And is that Chivo? Yeah. Fine. Fine. Yeah. But still. Yeah. I'll allow it. Okay. Um, all right. So then we're going to take, we're going to allow uh, Remnants to take cinematography, but we're going to take Best Director away from the Remnants okay. and give it to George Miller instead. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I'll do that. I'm I'll make send, that trade. <laughs> I'm oh, going to yeah. send a letter to Inurito requesting it. So <clears throat> I'll go ahead and draft that now perfect i'm I'm sure george will really appreciate getting a fedex a fedex pdf so he doesn't even have to pay for shipping yeah perfect so considerate of you i know it's very kind i'm currently looking up uh the mad max fury road vinyl to see if i'm gonna get it um and and i'm probably gonna get it eventually but uh not right now do keep us a titty on whether you do oh i sure will (laughs) Oh, I'm going to do exactly that. I'll keep you real a titty. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, any other... Do you guys have any other segments? No, I think, uh, I think I've said everything I need to say. Yeah, I think so, too. That it's a perfect movie, and all other movies bow to Mad Max. Uh, king, <laughs> king of movies. What are we going to do for the rest of the podcast? Is uh... oh, I don't know. Um. <clears throat> oh, I do have one more thing to say, actually. Uh, did you see the casting news, or the rumored casting news for Furiosa? I did, but I forgot about it. Anya Taylor-Joy. Interesting choice. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, she's awesome, so yeah. sure. Yeah, it's cool. And I was like, yeah, she doesn't not look like Shirley's. She could be She could be a young Shirley's with a, with a shaved head. Oh, or I'm not. sorry, wait. They're making a movie called Furiosa. Yeah, George Miller is currently prepping well, the prequel. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm finding this out in real time. <laughs> oh my god! Long That's delayed, so good. but finally in pre-pro. Oh, oh, it's in pre-pro now. I did not know that. I think yeah, it's they're like doing the work uh, to prepare for casting and stuff. It's it's gonna happen. Wow. It's as in, it's in as much pre-pro as possible, given the lockdown. Given the pan pan. <laughs> yeah. Pre-pro with the pan. Pre-pro with a pan pan. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Um. I have. Yeah, I think. I have. Oh, a, I, I have a way. I think that would be nice to end the show if we want to do it this way. Do we say, and cut? No, that's not how we're going to do it. Well, I mean, eventually <laughs> we'll probably do it that way. But I, I'm, this is like a final segment that's oh, okay. mostly a goodbye. Uh, what... Well, I also, be- before we do that, though, oh, okay, do yeah. we want to yeah. at least, like, like, plant some seeds for our 
fives of listeners who might be curious <laughs> about what's coming up in the future. Yes. Um, we'll watch so, another movie. <laughs> at some point, we'll probably watch another movie and we'll talk about it. Um, so we, for, for anybody who's curious, we have been brainstorming. This is an idea that we've been kicking around for couple years at least now um it's almost exclusively my fault that it's taken this long to get on the ground so <laughs> glad to see you're, you taking credit <laughs> you're welcome everyone um but yeah so this is an idea that's been in conversations for a while um we are finally because we don't really have many other options putting it into practice uh, which we're really excited about today it was a lot of fun um but yeah, so we don't really know exactly what this podcast is going to look like, um, but some ideas that we've been kicking around are um, coming up with like our collective favorite movies of any given year. So there might be a podcast where we <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to make this happen, <laughs> um, where we might like pick a year and the, each one of us will bring a, a certain movie to the table. And we'll like debate um, and decide like which one is the you know like the the best. Um, we might also be doing um, different like micro genres of films. Um, we could maybe even do macro genres of films too if if we really feel like it. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different things that we've been talking about. Um, but do you guys have anything that you wanted to add? I'm no what. Uh, we can discuss more later, but uh, right off the bat, what about Jurassic Park? <gasps> Starting with the first one? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, only the first one. I don't think any of us need to talk about any other Jurassic Park movie or world. I, I think we just found what our next movie is. I think, I think it's an important film. I think it's like mm. it's going to be summer soon. I think Jurassic Park is a perfect summer movie, and I think that there's like an endless amount to talk about. The same way Truly. Mad Max, there's an endless amount to talk about, and we're just keeping it Australian. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll like figure out what the what the thread is between two movies, and then we'll that's how we decide. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we'll we'll kind of figure this out as we go, and again, hopefully the the small number of people who listen to this will uh, enjoy being along for the ride. But anyway. With that, Matt, what did you? How did you want to end this? This guy? I think because sometimes on on po- podcasts with famous people, is they'll plug things that they are doing, but like, oh. we're not. That's not. Nobody's able to take in our anything. So, what I'm gonna say is, what's one thing that right now, uh, you're very interested in? It doesn't have to be movies, uh, but just like, what's what's your current, uh, thing that you're really diving into, uh, being interested in? Tierney, do you want to start? I could start. Whoever wants to start has something. Yeah, I can. uh, So it's not really new, but it's uh, reached an apex because I took, uh, or not an apex, but it's increased uh, heavily in the last three months. I took a course on uh, climate action and like all the various threats facing our world. So these days I'm just like elbow deep in the planet. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) <laughs> I, I did that especially just to gross you guys out. Um, so that's mostly like, uh, like if I'm not working or doing writing stuff, I'm like loving National Geographic because uh, I can't do any of my other things because of lockdown. Yep. <laughs> anyway, that's me. 
Cool. It's very, uh, it's very fun and also depressing. So, uh-huh. good on you. It makes me hopeful sometimes, you know? Okay. That's good. There's a lot that can be done. It's just not sure. being done. <laughs> anyway. Matt, Colin? Um, I, I'll go next. I have been just, like, real, real into Shit's Creek these last couple of days. Um... I had a, a pretty bad anxiety attack the other day and just spent like four hours lying in bed in the dark. And uh, when I came out of it, I started watching Shit's Creek and I was like, man, the show is really funny and it's really light and it's really sweet and it's really heartwarming. Mm. And this is literally everything I need right now so that I forget about how awful everything else is. So that one's been really fun. Um, and I... Literally, I think I watched all of season three in one day the other day. Wow. Uh, which which was a lot. So I'm trying to spread it out a little bit more, but the series finale is this Tuesday. And, like, originally I was thinking I might try and hit that, but it, I, that seems unlikely. But at some point in the near future, I'll probably try and finish that out. Can I add one thing to mine? Yeah. In terms of making lockdown uh, more tolerable, we discussed earlier before we started recording uh, Michelle Wolf and oh, yeah. everything that comes out of her mouth. <laughs> Good. Anyway. Good. Good plug. Go ahead, Matt. Um, I'll do uh, two quick ones. Uh, but one, uh, I started watching Counterpart. Have you heard of the show, either of you? Oh, no. on Stars. Yeah. And it's on Amazon Prime uh, streaming both seasons. Oh, sure. But it's J.K. Simmons and J.K. Simmons. Uh, and it exists in a reality in which Berlin has a gateway to a uh, alternate reality that started 30 years ago. And so, like, uh, the same people on Earth exist in both realities, except 30 years ago there was, like, a, a fork in the road. And so, like, some of them are, like, assassins in one world and a violin player in the other. And, like, it's about this, like, spy game between the two realities. I'm only two episodes in. It's very cool. And I didn't know about it, really, until my friend Kyle told me. Uh, but it's an incredible show. Uh, and the other thing that I'm really interested in right now is X-Men. All of the X-Men titles. X-Men's so cool. If you ever want to start reading comics, read X-Men now, because they basically start from scratch. That's it. That's my plug. I love X-Men. Well, And also, don't forget that the uh, Dark Phoenix movie that came out last year is top-notch. Please let's not do another podcast episode how dare you say something so inflammatory to me in the closing minutes how dare you i just had to crack 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 open this closet because i was starting to sweat you're gonna asphyxiate on the carbon dioxide you're trapped in that closet with. yeah we have high quality well, studios that- here <laughs> On that note, Tierney's uh, NPR-esque closet studio. (laughs) Your regular Terry Gross. I know. God, she's the worst. All right. Well, maybe we should quit while we're ahead. Sure. We'll call it that. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening. If you did, come back sometime for (laughs) Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park. In two weeks. Yeah. All right. All right, bye.